0: God, I need you every hour, I need you. This week, uh, as, as in the weeks past, I've had the unique pleasure of spending time with people from Renaissance Church outside of Sunday. And uh, more than once this week, I sat with a man, uh, with, with a, a father, with a daughter, with a friend, uh, for whom those words were right at the center of their heart, knowing that every single hour they need God. Uh, some of you are in that place, Uh, Sometimes we're doing great, but other times we know. I just need God every single moment. And I I really, I have to tell you, it is a deep pleasure for me to be able to sit with someone who's able to say that, and I'll tell you only for one reason. Because I know deep in my heart that all is well. And I'm saying that for the people that I met with that, that maybe can't feel it. All is well, and here's why all is well. And this is what I know all the way from the bottom of my toes to the top of my head. And if I were taller, it would be even more. (laughs) I know that God is trustworthy. It's been my unique pleasure to be with Renaissance Church for this first sermon series that I've got to present to you on faith. On faith that hears God and then trusts God and then steps out. The first week we gathered around that theme, we looked at Abram a man who God came uh, to and said, it's time for you to get up and leave everything you've known. You need to trust me. And Abram did. He trusted God. And what God said to Abram all the way generations and generations earlier was that if you trust me, I'll give you land and I'll give you children. And then he added this, through you and through your seed, that means through one of your descendants, all the world will be blessed. And I said at that first week, I said who he was talking about. God was already promising to Abram all those generations earlier that there would be a son of his, a descendant of Abram, who who would bless the whole world. And some of you know exactly who he was talking about. Yeah? It was Jesus. And each week together, we've seen how God uh, invites people to step out and trust him. And we've seen again and again how challenging that was for each person who was met by God. This morning, we come to the place where at last we look at Jesus, And together we see how he invites people to step out and trust him. And it's new. And Jesus is remarkable. And so I'm excited uh, to be with you for this last uh, of this series because I get to set before you Jesus and his invitation to trust him and to follow him. And I'll tell you at the very start what I hope for. Two things. For those of you who have followed Jesus already, that as I share in a new way you'll hear his invitation and you'll step out again. And then for someone who's never trusted, and maybe there are a few of you in here this morning who've never got to that point where you could say in faith, you know what, I'm with him, that you would choose to step out and follow Jesus. Here, I'm gonna tell you about the story that I'm gonna show you. Uh, Jesus was an ordinary man by many accounts. He was born the son of a carpenter. He grew up in a humble town Uh, Nothing exceptional about him. It became clear as he grew that he was a teacher. He was a rabbi that had unique uh, brilliance and power in his teaching. And so people began to come around him. He was different than other rabbis. Instead of waiting for people to come to him and make their application and prove themselves, he went to them and invited them to follow him. Very ordinary people came with Jesus. People who were fishermen, tradesmen tax collectors, people who you would never expect to be around a religious man. There were very unrighteous people who began to follow him around. And he taught and he loved and he moved in the world in a way that was extremely attractive. If you've never seen Jesus like that, I would say you've never seen Jesus. Because whenever someone saw him, there was something compelling. There's one afternoon where Jesus was with his followers and there were thousands of people that had come uh, around him and and to listen to him teach and they brought sick people to him because they knew that Jesus could heal. Uh, They were beside the Sea of Galilee. It would be good for you to imagine this. Uh, Picture, uh, there is a sea and beside it the hills and there are thousands of people, all of them in need, all of them wanting uh, to to be helped, uh, all of them knowing in some way that they needed God. Which I'm sure, if you're honest with yourself, in some measure you know that you need him too. And there they are all together around Jesus and his followers. And his followers watch him one by one heal and comfort and restore and deliver those who are so needy. And at the end of the afternoon, everyone is hungry, right? Because they've been together all day. And so there's this clear, very simple need for food, And what Jesus does, and some of you know this miracle, he tells his disciples, hey, gather what you have, share it, and watch what I do with it. Some of you know this story? Everyone eats enough. Now imagine you were there. You were one of those followers of his. And you watched your leader, your teacher, and now maybe you're beginning to say, I think he's my Lord too. You see him use his power to help those who are hungry. It would be inspiring, wouldn't it? Now the story that I want you to see is a story where Jesus teaches those followers of his what real faith looks like. And it's the story that I want us to end with together as we consider faith which steps out. It's a story in which Jesus invites one of his followers to do what's utterly impossible, trusting him. Uh, He invites Peter to get out of a boat. Here's what happens, and then we'll look at the story. As the afternoon winds down, as the sun begins to set... Jesus turns to those disciples and he tells them, I know you want to be with me, but I need time alone. I'm going to go off and you are going to go across that lake. And Jesus does this because he wants to teach them something. And if you would pay attention with me, you'll learn something too. Uh, Let's look at the story, how it begins together, and then we'll pause along the way to see what we can learn. This is in Matthew chapter 14. The story begins in verse 22. You'll see it up here. Here's how it begins. Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but by this time the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land for the wind was against them. Let's stop here. The disciples had this extraordinary experience of watching their master feed miraculously those hungry people. He comes to them and says, It's time for us to separate shortly. I'm going to go up into the hills. You are going to cross the sea. Now, it's really a lake, and you can go to this place today if you want to. It's only eight miles wide, which is small for a sea, but big for a body of water that you have to cross on a sailboat. I wonder how many of you have experience sailing. I grew up on a sailboat as a kid. Have you ever been stuck in a storm in a sailboat at night? I'm telling you, there are few things that are as frightening as that. Even when your sailboat is 50 feet long and it's made of fiberglass and it has a giant motor in it, which this one did not. Okay, imagine. The sun is down and because of the temperature change, the wind begins to flood onto the water from the hills. These disciples are now making their way across. They can't see land on either side. And now that it's dark, all they can see is is a very uh, short distance around them. And what they notice is the wind is beginning to come up. And now it's becoming frightening. And not only is the wind coming up, but the waves are also coming up. And now they're battering the boat. And here they are in the middle of the water... And there are, three, uh, there are three very brief descriptions of what they're facing. They are battered by the waves, they are far from land, and the wind is against them. And all three of those mean their situation is really bad. So battered by the waves means their immediate surroundings are threatening and too much for them. Far away from land means they're not in the place that they want to be. If you're in a boat and a storm comes up, you want to be close to land so you can get to safety. But they're far from where they want to be. And that means they're in big trouble unless they can get to the right place. And look again at the last description. The wind is against them, which means things are getting worse for these disciples. Imagine yourself there. And now I want you to do this. I Put the story aside. Do you know what it's like in life? to have your immediate surroundings be really difficult for you, threatening like you're being battered by waves? And and do you know what it's like in your own experience of your day-to-day life to be far away from where you wish you were? You, You are in a place here, you know that's where you want to be, but you're very far away from that place. And when you imagine getting there, there is a wind that is against you, keeping you away from where you want to be and making it even harder for you to arrive. Do you know what that's like? Maybe it's with your family. Maybe it's with friends. Maybe it's with your career. Maybe it's with your children or your spouse. Maybe it's your body physically, how you're doing. Uh, Many, All of us will know what it's like to be in a dreadful storm. I'm right, aren't I? This is key. Sometimes we face terrible storms because we do the wrong thing. Sometimes we face challenges because we knew that God said go this way and it would be good for us and we went the opposite way and it was bad for us. Of course it was. That's how it is sometimes. But you must see this. In this situation, the reason these disciples are in a terrible place is not because they did the wrong thing. Do you see why they are where they are? It's at the very first words that I read. Look again at them. Jesus made them get into the boat. Do you know what that means? It's Jesus' fault that they're in a difficult place. It means that if they had not listened to Jesus, it would be easier for them. It means that, and this is key, it means that sometimes stepping out in faith means stepping into a storm. And I want to be realistic and clear about this because we're grown ups, aren't we? And it's time for us to grow up even more. And I want to make this as clear as I can. For all of us here, as week by week, I've invited us to choose to trust God and step out where he leads. I'm completely aware of the fact that what I'm inviting you to, what I myself have done, I'm inviting us into the place where we follow God. And when we do that, it sometimes means things get even harder than they were before. If you think about the stories that we've unfolded, it it makes sense, right? Abram had to leave everything he knew and he had to step out into the storm of unknown. Joseph had to step out into the storm of having to suffer from the, the things that people were doing against him and choosing not to retaliate but trust God. That's a storm. Caleb had to step out into the place where there were giants before him that were stronger than he was and trust God to move him through those things. Moses had to step out into the, uh, the calling that was his, which was beyond his power to execute. The widow had to step out day after day for two years, trusting God with everything she had, and then finding that she had enough just for one more day. Do you see how over and over again, God's invitation is into challenges, is into storms, is into things which are really difficult. And I wanna make this as plain as I can. I have very little to tell you about what happens if you turn away from God and find yourself in a storm. I'm not going to encourage you to say it's okay, everything's going to be fine, because the truth is, when you run from God, everything is not fine. Everything is not well. But this is what I can say to you about following God in faith, stepping out in faith as you follow Him. All is well. Even if you go into a storm as you follow Him, yes, all is well. Even if you're in the boat in the middle of the night in the center of the sea and the waves are battering the boat and it's gonna break up soon and the wind is against you, it's taking you further from where you want to be and there's no hope at all for you. Yes, all is well even then. And I'll tell you why I can say that. Look at what happens next in the story. You'll see why I say it. Because there in the middle of the storm, verse 25, early in the morning... Jesus came walking to them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It's a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. This is utterly remarkable. There, in the middle of the ocean in the middle of the sea, as the waves are against them and the wind is against them and everything's about to break up, as it looks like all hope is lost, as they are in the most difficult place that they've faced because they followed Jesus, in that moment, Jesus himself is coming to them in the storm. And here, let me say this with as much clarity as I can, it's a promise for anyone who chooses to step out in faith and follow God. If you find yourself in a storm because you followed him, he will always be there, right there with you in the midst of the storm. This is not the only place that Jesus comes to the disciples when things are too much but it is one where he comes with a particular clarity. He is right there with them when they are in the midst of the storm. Do they know it? No, they think it's a ghost. Can you imagine how awful that would be? Not only is there a storm, but there's ghosts. I mean, ghosts. My son Nathaniel asked me often, are ghosts real? Sometimes just for fun I say yes. My wife always like, stop it. Because ghosts are scary. You might be in a storm right now, And Jesus' approach to you might be something that you can't even see. And you might be even more frightened. Maybe even, listen, maybe as I stand here and tell you about faith and you're filled with doubts, that feels to you like it's threatening like a ghost and you can't yet make it out. But trust me, Jesus is coming in the storm. You might not see it. You might not recognize it. Those of us who have followed Jesus into storms, tell me, am I right that he's always there? That sometimes it takes a long while to see him, sometimes years? But here in the middle of the night, he's there and it's when he speaks that they finally recognize him. And I want you to notice again what he says to them. It's so powerfully beautiful. It's those three things that he says. There in verse 27, he speaks up and he says, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. I want you to take this into your own heart. Be courageous. That's what take heart means. Don't give up. You want to, but don't give up yet. Don't. Let your heart be encouraged. Don't be afraid. I mentioned a few weeks ago that it's the most common command in Scripture because it's the most common human response to moments like this is to be afraid. But you do not need to be afraid and you can take heart. Why? You see the little words there where Jesus says, it is I. In Greek, that's only two words. And the words are ego, a me. And the literal translation of those two words from Greek is I am now in Matthew's recounting of this story, verses 22 to 33, there are two words which are exactly in the middle of the Greek text with 90 Greek words before them and 90 Greek words after them. And it's those two words, I am. And those, those who were hearing these stories originally, those disciples themselves would have known that I am was a very unique expression that matched something that would have resonated in their ears from long ago when Moses stood and the bush was on fire and he asked God, if, if people ask me what your name is, what shall I say? God said to him, tell, him, tell them I am sent to you. And now do you see what Jesus is saying? Not only with his voice, but with his presence in this moment. He is saying that in the storms that you face, that God himself is present. That when Jesus comes, with his presence into the midst of the storm. It's God himself meeting us right where we are with his divine power and his divine presence and his divine capability, with his divine word to say all is well. I am right here with you. Put this story aside and be where you are. What's the storm that you are in? Whatever it is. If you will step out in faith and trust God, if you will, And I cannot tell you exactly what he's calling you to. He can. If you will trust him and step forward in faith, and and if you find yourself in the midst of a challenge and a storm because of it, then here is the promise. And it's, it's a promise that I pass on to you. I have not made this promise up. It's a promise that I pass on to you from God's very word. The promise is he will be with you. That you can take heart that you don't need to be afraid because he will be with you. This is a promise for every single one of you and it is a promise for Renaissance Church altogether. And it's a promise that we need because when we hear Jesus come, and invite us to follow him. Whether it's an invitation from Jesus to get in the boat and go in a new direction, or some other calling from him, we, we must know that often following him, stepping out in faith, will mean stepping into storms, and when we do, he will always be with us. What kind of storms might we step into if we follow Jesus? I wonder if any of you are wondering that. right? Because the image of Jesus that, that you have might be, well, well, following him should be easy, Right? Does, does anyone have that sense? Listen, sometimes following Jesus is really hard. And, and let me give you some of his own words about what you might face if you step out in faith and following, follow him. You know th- this phrase? Wide is the road, and broad is the gate that leads to destruction, and many take it. It's an easy road. But narrow is the road that leads to life, and few find it. Walk on that narrow road, Jesus said. If you follow him, you will face the challenge of walking on a narrow road. Uh, How how will it be narrow? How about this one? Jesus taught the people that listened that when they were wronged by someone, instead of retaliating, they should forgive them. Has anyone ever wronged you? Is your instinct to forgive? And maybe you can drum it up once or twice, but when one of Jesus' followers asked, well, how many times should I forgive? Seven times? Jesus said, no. Seven times seventy. How about that for a challenge? Jesus looked at the people around him and he saw that a lot of them were tempted by material possessions and the the allure of wealth and money. That's not happening any longer, is it? (laughs) And Jesus said, you cannot serve God and wealth. You'll either love one and hate the other or you will despise the one and be drawn to the other. You have to choose. Is that easy? You give You give, Jesus says, to be blessed. Stop trying to grasp all the time. Be on your lookout against all kinds of greed. It will destroy your soul over and over again. If you will, as we will together in the weeks and months ahead, I promise you this, if we will listen to Jesus and see what he calls us to, we will see again and again that following him will lead into challenges. But please listen now. I know this with all of my heart. The true challenge of following Jesus is better than any ease or comfort or pleasure that you get when you turn away from Him. When you lose something to follow Him, you will have lost nothing and you will have gained everything there is to gain. On the path that Jesus leads on, there is true life, life now and forever. There is the removal of all sin and shame and guilt and regret from the past, and there is a newness of life that makes you feel like you are walking on sunshine. And yeah, I like that song and I'm not afraid to admit it. (laughs) There is in Jesus true life. And on the path on which he leads, there is a narrow path which is filled with challenge and fraught with adventure that is too much for us, but also on that path at every moment. It is I. I am is right there with us. It's what you were made for. If as I speak of it inspires you, it's because your heart is resonating with God's call to you to step out and follow him. This church, Renaissance Church, is a church that is altogether called by God that Jesus himself beckons and says, Renaissance, come, follow me. Yeah, yeah, following me will be challenging, but it will be great and I'll be with you. What will happen when he comes in the midst of the storm? This is one of my favorite parts of this story. I love this so much. Uh, Put yourself in the boat with those disciples, would you? You think it's a ghost. It it couldn't get any worse. But then it's Jesus and you see it. Then you know your friend is there. Then you know the one who can work miracles is right there, right outside of the boat on the water. You saw him feed all those people. Now you know, well, if he can do that, he can clearly calm down these waves. He can make everything still. Thank goodness he's going to come and he's going to take away the challenge. Isn't that what we want all the time? How many times are your prayers really... Uh, prayers for God to make you comfortable, really for God to say, say, God, would you please take away all the challenge? Do You ever pray like that? Not in those exact words. I'm sure that's what the disciples wanted, but look what happens. After Jesus says, it's me, 28, Peter answered him, Lord, if it's you, listen, he has to make this request because Jesus has not calmed the water down yet. If it is you, he says, command me to come to you on the water. Peter cannot stand being separated from Jesus any longer. And since Jesus is not doing what we might expect, which is to calm everything down, he says, if it's you, would you please tell me to come to you? That is, if it's you, would you invite me not to, to, to finally experience the ease of having all the challenge taken away, but would you invite me to do what's impossible? Jesus said, verse 29, come. One single word. Jesus invites him step out of the boat. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. You hear that? Jesus comes into the place where there is challenge. God himself is present in the challenge, and instead of making it easier, he makes it harder. And he does that so that this disciple of his, Peter, will have to learn the thing that is the most important thing for him to learn, which is the most important thing for you to learn and for me to learn too. It is that Jesus is completely trustworthy. It is that God is trustworthy and therefore all is well. Does it feel like everything's okay? No. All is well. Does it feel like he's got it under control? No, it does not feel like that. It looks like there's a storm still. All is well. Why? Because he's there and he's capable. And through his word, come as he says that you can do the impossible. You can walk on water, and so Peter does. But look at what happens next. This is this is completely human. As he's out there on the water, it says in verse thirty. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened, and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him saying to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt? See, Peter does what Jesus invites him to do. And of course, of course, as soon as he starts to do it, it gets so scary. All he can do is see the, the wind and the waves around him and he begins to sink. Of course he does. And in that moment, he does what is right, which is to cry out, to call out to Jesus and say the thing that every one of us should say, which is, Lord, save me. And Jesus is faithful and immediately grasps a hold of him and catches his hand and lifts him up. He gets into the boat and then the disciples worship him. It is another lesson for us and I wanna make these three observations for you and for me and for us all together. That is that when Jesus invites us to step out and if he is inviting you, which he is, and if you are hearing it, I'm going to tell you, the moment you start to follow, you will start to see how challenging it is. You will look at the wind and the waves. And as soon as you start to do that, you know what will happen, right? You'll start to sink. Am I right about this? I think I am because a few people have told me in these last weeks that my sermons are inspiring. That when I'm preaching here in this auditorium, it's like I feel like I can do it. And then that feeling fades pretty quick when I get outside. Has that happened for anybody else? I feel so confident, but then the reality of my life starts to crash in upon me. I'm at work for 15 minutes, and it's like the sermon was 10 years ago. I start to look around at the challenges, and I begin to think, it's what happened to Peter, and it's the first very simple lesson for us from what what transpires as he steps out, it is that when we take our eyes off of Jesus and look at the challenges, we can, guarantee, we can be certain that we'll start to sink. And that happens. But then Peter shows us what we ought to do in that situation. And it is very simple. When we begin to sink, because it's too much, all we need to do is cry out to Jesus. And it doesn't need to be sophisticated. It doesn't need to be a very religious prayer. It doesn't need to be holy. It just needs to be these words, Lord, save me. And if you committed that prayer to memory today, that would be a good thing. Lord, save me as I seek to step out and follow you. Save me because I cannot do it on my own and you will not be able to do it on your own. It is not well because you're strong enough. You're not. It is all well because God is trustworthy, because Jesus is with us in every storm and his invitation to step out will always be met by his divine presence, no matter what it is. Would you let your imagination go back to your own life now, please? Is it addiction for you? Is it a relationship that is killing you? Is it it the career path that you're on? Is it the temptation to believe that since you're older now, you can't do anything else good in the world and you've just resigned yourself to that? What is it for you? Here's the third thing that this scene teaches us and here's where the last card comes in handy. It teaches us very simply, and I want you to look at it, That faith hears Jesus and gets out of the boat. On the other side of that card is a prayer, which is my prayer for Renaissance Church and for you. Don't look at it now. I shouldn't have mentioned it. Turn it back around. (laughs) You take that and look at it later. But now you need to see this. Faith hears Jesus and gets out of the boat. I'm going to tell you what that means. The boat was the one and only thing that those disciples had, as far as they could see, that they could be secure in. It was the only thing that made them feel safe where they were. And what Jesus told them is, I want you to let that go too. What he said to Peter is, no matter what it is that's keeping you safe, I want you to set it down and I want you to come to me. Because I want to be the only one who holds you. And that's what Jesus wants. He wants it for them He wants it for this guy. He wants it for this church altogether, for Renaissance Church to step out of whatever boat it's in and trust him. And he wants it for you, for every one of you. For those of you who are confident Christians right now and already, and you have been for a long time, yet again, Jesus will come to you and say, trust me, you've got yourself trapped in this boat. Step out and come to me. And for those of you who are here who've been skeptics and doubters Maybe today is the day where he's saying to you, it is time for you to trust me and step out of your disbelief and come to me. What is Jesus calling you to? Ah, there's a second card. You got two today. That's twice as good as last week. It's the white card that has a pen with it. Would you grab it? I want everyone to grab it. There on one side of that card is this phrase, Jesus is calling me to. And it's blank. And you've got the pen because what I'm going to ask every one of you to do is to listen and to hear what he's calling you to. And then take some time and write it down. What is he calling you to? And this is for you. I'm not the one to tell you I'm not, no one else is, but God himself speaks in moments like this to people's heart and tells them, step out and trust me. I can remember myself when he first spoke to me like that when I was a 13-year-old kid, and I'll tell that story someday. It was remarkable, and I can remember last week, and I can remember two or three days ago when he spoke to me again, but what is he calling you to? I want you to listen now. Is he saying to you, let it go? And Maybe that's what he's saying to someone here. Uh, it's time for you to let go of the way that other person hurts you and forgive them. It's time for you to let go of the mistakes that this church has made in the past and put it back there and be ready to move forward again. It's time for you to let go of the shame that you carry about who you are. It's time for you to let go of your regrets, to let it go. That's what Jesus is saying maybe to you. Uh, maybe, maybe he's not saying that. Maybe to you he's saying, make a change. Uh, uh, that relationship that you've been holding on to, end it. Or, or that relationship that you've been neglecting, would you invest in it again? Love your spouse. Recommit yourself to your children. Uh, make a new change. Maybe he's saying, start over. Uh, get off the path that you're on. You've been on it for too long. Stop walking that way. Come back to the beginning. I'm ready to let you begin again. Maybe he's saying to you, get in the game. You've been a spectator at Renaissance for too long. It's time for you to step up and be all in at this church. Give yourself to relationships around you. Uh, Invest yourself completely. Commit some crazy act of generosity. Uh, Commit yourself to serving others in a new way. Uh, Maybe to you, he's saying let your light shine. You've been hiding your faith from those people. It's time to uncover it and let it off. Here. This is the one that I hope for the most. And I really do hope for this. Maybe Jesus is calling you to believe in him to say to him, I cannot do it without you at all. I'm, I'm like that kid stuck in a tree. Would you come and rescue me? I believe in you. Maybe he's calling you to say, I am trapped in my sin and my transgression. I need you to wash me clean and forgive me fully. I, I need you to cleanse me in the waters of baptism. Oh, maybe that's what he's calling you to. And if so, write that down. Uh, whatever it is, right. I'm gonna be quiet and I'm gonna leave some time for the music Open your heart and listen to what he's calling you to, and then write it down. The way to the Father is open wide for us by the grace of God in Jesus Christ. There is nothing that you carry into this place which can prevent you from coming freely to God to receive his complete and total acceptance of you his love and mercy is higher than the heavens and deeper than the seas. If, if as I did, when you were writing on this, it, it occurred to you that you need to let go of some things, that he's inviting you to drop them, please hear me tell you this, you are free. You're utterly free. If, if you, for the first time, uh, wrote down on, a, on your card that you, it's time for you to believe and trust him, I, I want you to share that today. So here's how I'm going to ask us to use these cards, two ways. Uh, Some of you, uh, as we leave this morning, uh, you'll get up and go with this in your heart, with this sense that Jesus is calling you in your heart. And then I'm going to ask you to consider dropping your card in one of the baskets in the back there. And here's why. I and the staff, we want to know how God is speaking to the people of Renaissance Church so that we can do ministry with you even better. So we can know what God's calling you to and respond by building you up in that unique way. And so if you would do that, if you would share it with us and the staff, we will pray for you, that God will help you follow his call and we'll know how to be in ministry in the best way. And then some of you, maybe just a few of you, when we're done singing, you're gonna come forward and and, and talk with me. Or one of the other staff members will come forward. I've invited some of the other staff to join me up here, and if you've decided this morning it's time for me to trust Jesus and to be baptized, you're going to come up and tell us that, and we're going to pray with you. Or, or if this morning you know I just need to, I need to pray with another person, you're going to come forward and pray with either Paul here or Kristen or Clay or me. So why don't we stand and sing together one more time, and then when we're done, we'll do that. Let's stand up and lift our voices together.